timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant. To shot! Welcome to this week's edition of the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. On New Year's Day, went a day early this week because the Who Days play on Monday Night Football tomorrow. Even though Josh, as a Steelers fan, was nice enough to record tonight during Sunday Night Football when the Steelers are playing and trying to help the Bengals win the division. We appreciate it. Um, I am Tim Daniel. Excited to be here. We are without Ben Brown tonight, um, but I am here as always with Sean Mackey and Josh Hayes. What's up, guys? How, how we doing? How was, how was NYE? Did you guys do something like me where we did I did nothing and sat on the couch and watched movies all night? Absolutely, man. I gave my kids the option. Do you guys want to watch the ball drop and, and uh, celebrate, or do you want to finish watching this Ohio State game? And they were like, absolutely, let's watch the Ohio State-Georgia game. So that's what we did. Nice. I, uh, Great game. I, what, what time did that one end? Uh, like 12.02. Ooh, that was, that, that's too late for me, man. We didn't quite make it to the ball drop. We were. I watched a little bit of the, the New Year's Eve uh, festivities on TV. And like I, every year I always like to check it just to see like what's going on. Because it's either like a collection of oldies acts or people I don't know because I'm not in the know. Or right. someone who's completely irrelevant. So, but they like, I turned it on and like Duran Duran was on there. And I was like, all right, but. Oh, you know, I mean, like this—this this is who we're bringing on tonight, guys. Like, this is like the big act we got. We got Duran Duran tonight. Cool. All right. So I went to bed. I yeah, I uh, I watched the Bulls Cavs game, uh, which will be a topic Ooh, of discussion. Heartbreaker. Later, so. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you read the L, the L two M report. This has got to be a podcast segment one of these days. We just get break into it. It does nothing but infuriate fans when it's like, well, this ref missed yeah. this call. So, Absolutely. Just get rid of a couple, yeah, there was a couple of those last night in the Bulls games that were just very, very, very irritating. But that's a time for another place. It's New Year's Day. We're going to have some fun on the show. And we're going to start this with Luka Doncic. And oh my God, the run he is on right now is insane. I texted you guys at like midnight on two, on Wednesday night after his, was it 61 tri- point triple double? Uh, it was 51, 20, and 10 or so. Whatever it was, was unbelievable. Um, he followed it up last night with another 48-point performance. I know the Mavs lost last night. Um, but, you know, I think coming into this year, the two previous seasons when we did our pre our award show at the end of the year, who's going to win MVP, who's going to do this, who's going to do this, I said Luca, both times. And I was yeah. wrong, obviously. This year, I picked Embiid. And I'm probably going to be wrong again because Luca has to be in the driver's seat at this point in the year. Uh, the Mavs without him probably are in the Wembeyama sweepstakes if they even have those picks. I'm not 100% certain, to be honest with you. Um, I think they do. But th- what he's doing is unbelievable. We haven't seen this ever. This isn't like a sense LeBron. This is like a sense ever thing. Like Wilt Chamberlain didn't do this stuff. And that's what's really fascinating. But uh, looking at what Luke has brought to the table so far, what have you guys kind of been – are you guys' thoughts on it? Or like how blown away you have to be as blown away from this as I am, obviously. My my first thought is this guy's 23. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like, crazy? I, 
I mean, he is 23 years old right now. I mean, he put up, was it the very first 60-21-10 game against the Knicks mm-hmm. the other day? Like, it was the first time that's ever happened. He is doing things, and I and I hate to make any sort of comparison, you know, but he is a one-man show that is dragging his team uphill right now. Uh, like you said, Tim, this team is absolutely nothing without him. Absolutely nothing. This is and, – and I don't really – and I've talked about my disdain about how this team has been assembled. However, I feel like they've been putting it together. Christian Woods has been really, really good lately. So um, I look at a guy named Luke, like Luca, and it does really remind me of what MJ did back in the 80s with Chicago. He was really dragging him up a hill. Uh, it reminds you a little bit about, you know, LeBron James in his first couple of years as well, you know, dragging a team up a hill. So, um, but what he's doing right now at 23, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's on a streak. I mean, you know, last night he had, was it 51, six and nine and four steals and a block. He was 18 for 29 and 37 minutes. That's absurd. It's just absolutely absurd. And then the night, two nights before puts up 35, 12 and 13. I mean, this guy can do everything and the hype behind him is real. It Um, is. And we not not only that we've been talking the last couple of years about how he's I think the last two years he was like a he was a uh, an MVP pay, favorite, and this year I think he's actually going to do it because when you look at the MVP award it's it's, it's the guy that meant the most to the team that you know made the biggest impact and right now if you look at the way that, that squad is assembled and everything. It's only because of him that they are where they are right now. And not only that, like what team wants to play him and them in, in the playoffs right now? I, I wouldn't want to run into the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs with him. So the last five games, Luke is averaging a 45-point triple-double. That's insane. It is um, insane. For the season, if we just round, because it's really high up, he's basically averaging 34, 9, and 9. This is season numbers. The crazy part is that um, in the years past, you know, one of the knocks on Luca was that he, you know, he obviously had to shoot a lot. Um, but this year, his efficiency is up. He's shooting 51% from the field. And he's actually shooting a career high, almost 37% from three-point range. That's not the Luka that we've known in the past. You know, he's low field goal percentage, you know, low three-point percentage. Um, He's still struggling from the free throw line. Um, And his turnovers are also down this year. So he's just all around just a more efficient player on the floor. And I don't know if it's he finally, like, took basketball serious and was like, man, I need to get myself in better shape. Um, cause he doesn't look as big as he normally does. Sometimes he looks like he's yeah. slimmed down a little bit. Um, this is also going to sound funny. He's crying, but like, I don't feel like he's crying as much as he normally does. It just seems like he's just got this look on his face where he's just like, you know what? Like by any means necessary, I'm going to win basketball games. And that's what he's doing right now. Um, his role players have been playing well too. I mean, Hardaway jr. Has been playing well. Um, Dinwiddie's been playing well. Like he's been getting, did you say Christian Woods been playing well? Like they've been playing well as a team. Um, but he's like on a level right now that I don't know if we've seen in a, in a while. I mean, you know, you could take James Harden back when he was putting up all his stats. Um, 
you can take Russell Westbrook when he was throwing up all those triple doubles, but I don't think we've seen it at this volume, what he's doing at the moment. Yeah, man, it's just unbelievable. Um, it's really cool. I think like you, you mentioned, um, it's kind of like the like enjoyable version of watching what James Harden used to do in Houston. Like he's not like <laughs> jumping into people's arms to get fouls. Like he he's drawing fouls. He's getting to the line, but it's not like like going way out of his way to back into somebody. Like well, obviously the rules have changed from that as well. But it's a blast. And what he's doing, like Sean said, like it's it does have a lot of like those '80s Michael Jordan pre Scottie Pippen pre Phil Jackson tendencies, like those Doug Collins teams where it's like everything's up to me and I got to figure this out. And we're still playing this game with these guys that we like, I feel like Steph Curry is the only person that like we've been so far. I've seen like this, like generational player that put a team around him and it worked. Um, it wasn't like, Oh, we're just drawing guys out of the barrel, like Joe Smith and Ben Wallace to try to take their guy to the top. Like, I, I Joe, say that. Joe Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that was I, that was good. <laughs> I shouldn't say just him because Kevin Durant had a had a really good team in Oklahoma City. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is awesome. Um I am curious because I think this is a team that has to buy, 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 buy. They Agreed. have to get more guys on this team. Because, yes, Luka has shown what he's capable of. I mean, he took this team to the Western Conference Finals last year. Obviously, they did have Jalen Brunson, so that's different. Um, but, you know, they're going to need – I feel like they need more wings. They need more scorers. Uh, Christian Wood's been terrific, like you said. Tim Hardaway Jr., DFS has always been, like, a really fun, consistent, good player. Um, but it's kind of now at the point where, you know, they've got to figure out how to get more guys to help him out and make this happen for him. And – you know, we'll talk about some teams later that we think are really uh, strong, possible blow it up teams. That, that you know, Dallas could be a team that could buy a lot of those guys. Um, Sean mentioned a few weeks ago he thought DeMar DeRozan would be an awesome fit in Dallas. So we, uh, we're I'm really excited about what Luke is doing. Um, I think it's a little funny too, uh, Tim, that when you go back um, this last game that he had uh, where they played the Spurs. And he, uh, what was it? They, they won by one point, if I'm not mistaken, 126, Correct. 125. And, you know. They had to have a big fourth you can quarter. Say, you can say it was a joke, but was it really a joke? I'm not sure. You know how Pop is sometimes. He was like, hey, the goal is, hey, we're going to hold Luca under 50. So Luca <laughs> goes that. and gets 51, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, is like, is Luca in that, like, Kobe, Michael category now all of a sudden where he's like, anything is now motivation like feeding into his system where he's like, okay, you're going to tell me I can't score 50. Hold my beer. Watch this. And goes out and scores 50 just cause. And I know that I don't want to start doing comparisons. And I've always said this because the ages line up a little bit. Like what we're seeing right now, Luca's dominating the league the way LeBron was dominating the league, but their skill set is different. Right. So like LeBron, big, strong, fast, powerful. Luca, slow, not as athletic, tons of skill set on all three levels. I mean, I know James Harden was the one who who started and and made the step back three famous, but I think Luca might have perfected it and have the best step back three of anybody in the league. Dude, it's it's a blast. Like Luca alone takes them from like a team you don't care about watching to like amongst your like league pass favorites list. Right, you know, I mean, they're I mean, sitting like, fourth in the West right now. 
Um, yeah, they have those, home court advantage right now. And those teams that are sitting in front of them have been playing some killer basketball as well. So that says a lot for them being in the fourth seed. Yeah, it's like kind of sucks that like Utah's winning um, because I would love if they could make a move. And this isn't just like for the stereotypical foreign white guy, but I would love if like Dallas went and got Lori Markinen to just be that sniper in the corner for Luca on a driving dish. That would just be such a great fit. They um, they they already tried that with Porzingis, man. It's not going to work. They're different I players, man. They're different way different players. players. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy the hype in Laurie. I don't. So uh, you, you can, you can show me him in a Utah Jazz jersey, whatever. You put him next to some other good players. He's, he's not going to do anything. I mean, we'll, 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 uh, we'll test that theory in the All Star game. Let's That's see true. it. Let's see it. That's true. By the way, Gary Payton uh, the second is making his return tomorrow. Uh, just Shams just put out finally. So. That's big for Portland. Yeah, huge. Did you guys see the other night when they played Golden State and Clay shot that three at the end? Like, and Gary Payton just turned around and left from the bench because he knew it was going in. <laughs> hey, I know, I know, we'll get into it, but what in the world is going on with Golden State playing at home and they just can't lose? Like, they cannot lose at home, and then they cannot go on the road and win to save their life. We talked about it last week after you sent me all that I, research. I know. You did. I know we did, but I'm saying, like, even now, like, Steph's out, Wiggins is out, they played at home, and and Poole went for 40-something, and Clay went for 30-something, and they came back and won a game. I mean, it's like, it's it's nuts. They're they're an infuriating team. <laughs> they are. I mean, I mean, let's just face it. They're an infuriating team right now. I, I don't really – I don't really know what to think about the Golden State Warriors right now. I, I don't even have like a thought, you know, processed ready for them or anything, it's, except they're not as good as they were last year, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they kind of like put it all together last year as like a let's go for it. And then now it's like they're just really paying the price on their bodies and stuff. So except for the one who's been hurt for two, three years, he's the one that's like, I'm here every night. Don't worry. I got this. So let's, um, Let's talk about the Nets because this is – you're talking about a team playing unbelievable basketball right now. I mean, at the start of this stretch, they were a 500 team, and now they're third in the East after winning 11 straight. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, and he's incredible. And what he's able to do on a nightly basis still, as far as being just the scariest three-level scorer in the game, is so impressive. And Kyrie Irving looks comfortable. Uh, I think when you talk about the ups and downs of Kyrie's like, like career – a lot of times it's comfortability. Like that first year in Boston, he looked really good. The second year when he was like upset at the world, not so much. Um, and you're sitting right now, like ever since he got past all this stuff that we talked about a few months ago, um, he's just played really well. And they're, you know, the role players are stepping up so well since TJ Warren's been back, you know, he's definitely taking some time to get his legs underneath him, but he's playing really well. Um, you know, I got to shout out my guy, Edmund Sumner for what he's doing there. Joe Harris coming back. Um, they're getting healthy. I think the you know we're seeing like thank God they did not do this Jock like this Ma Uduka thing that was like rumored, and they stuck with Jock Vaughn because he has been perfect for them. And you know it's obviously a lot of people are going to say well they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and I get that but Steve Nash had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as well and they couldn't put these runs together and actually had like James Harden and like a bunch of dudes so. This is obviously impressive. I know it looks like they're probably they're I assume they're gonna be big favorites in their game tomorrow night, but they do have a really interesting road se- uh, road trip coming up uh, where you're gonna see some really good games like Miami. Um, 
there's really good games in this series, and then there's the Chicago game at the United Center, which for some reason I can't guess I can't really say because the Bulls somehow have beat the Nets this year. Uh, the Bulls against teams better than them are really good, and then the Bulls against teams worse than them, they're terrible. Um, so this is really good team. Um, I think you know, all year we've talked about the East being a two-man race. And I think they're kind of saying, hell, actually, you hold my beer now. Like Friday night on set, uh, Friday night on ESPN, they play New Orleans. They play New Orleans. Like I'm not doing anything that night, and I'm gonna love watching that game and just watching those two teams play each other. Props to Jacques Vaughn, man. I mean, he got. Really I feel like I feel like he has been passed up for so many coaching opportunities over the last couple of years. He's always one of those names that. Oh, he got interviewed for this job, but he's just not, he wasn't a sexy name like Steve Nash was, who had never coached before. And I love Steve Nash. I'm never going to disparage that, but uh, he knows what he's doing there. Um, this is a team that, you know, six, seven weeks ago, we were really harping on as what is going on here. This is a complete cluster right now. There's, what is this team doing? Ben Simmons doesn't look right. Kyrie Irving suspended. Uh, Kevin Durant's just there. He may he may ask for a trade, and here we are, uh, a couple weeks later, a number two in the standings right now. Um, they are just uh, what are they two two games behind the Celtics for the number one seed right now? Um, it's it's remarkable what they've done. Kyrie Irving also has looked awesome. Just looked yes. awesome lately. He's been really, really good. Let's not let's not throw him down, you know, and say that he hasn't been doing his job either. And even Ben Simmons has had some games where he's starting to look a little bit more like Ben Simmons was. So um, this is a team to look out for. Uh, I am praying that we get a Milwaukee Bucks Brooklyn Nets rematch uh, that we we didn't get last year. I, I would love to see those teams play each other again. And Kevin Durant going up against Giannis, I think would be just super duper duper fun. But um, looking at like, you know, I'm, I was kind of looking at the Celtics next couple games, um, you know, depending, you know, see what they're, they're, they're playing the Thunder, they're playing the Mavericks, they're playing the Spurs, they're playing the Bulls. Um, so, you know, they might, you know, if, if the Nets cool down a little bit, I think the Celtics will, you know, be able to hold on to that number one seed, but um, I don't know, man. The the Nets, all cylinders are on right now, man. They have been absolutely fantastic, and like I said, credit the coach, man. He's the one who's keeping this all together. So, you know, with me, I'm always going to start the Nets with with KD. Um, he's been the one constant that's been there since everything has kind of happened. Um, the, and the crazy thing thing for me when it comes to Kevin Durant is. He's a couple years now removed for the from the Achilles injury. And most players, when they have that injury, we see them struggle. You know, they don't have any lift. They they can't get back and, and play the game they're playing. I mean, we saw it with Boogie Cousins. You know, we're seeing Clay kind of struggle right now. But I feel like this guy is like aging like fine wine and getting better maybe playing the best basketball that he's ever played since he's been in the NBA. And I'm not talking about him being this like all time prolific scorer where he's scoring, you know, 40 points a game every night. It's the efficiency that he does it at, um, at the size that he is. So for those who aren't really paying attention, like 
Kevin Durant shooting almost 57% from the field this year. I mean, we're already how many games in? Um, almost 40, almost 40 games yeah. in. Yeah. And and this guy's shooting 56 point something percent from the field. His last 10, he's shooting 60% from the field. 60, 42, and 96 is his splits the last 10 games. Like, I I don't I don't know. In, in basketball terms, that's that's about as good as you could ever be on a court when it comes to like splits and like how efficient you are at tiers of scoring. And like it's almost like he's getting better every game. Like he's having a bad game, and his bad game's like nine of fifteen from the floor. Like that's unheard of. And on nine shot attempts, he's got thirty points. Or nine makes, he's got thirty points. And then you top of that on with how Kyrie's been playing, and you get some of these role players in here. Um, like you said, you know Joe Harris has been playing well. The stat line won't show it, but Ben Simmons has definitely been playing. Um, some decent ball, especially on the defensive side, and uh, Royce O'Neal and Claxton, and uh, and I can't ever say his name. Uh, the guy that got this, their three point shooter, uh, Watanabe. Is that how you say it? Yuda. Um, he's the only guy in the league that's shooting over fifty percent from three point range. So, like, they have figured out how to mesh that roster together and play. Um, I always thought they had enough talent just with KD and Kyrie alone to say, you put some guys around us, like we'll be fine. But I think they finally found the pieces of the guys that are like, Hey, we just want to do what we do and you guys go do what you do. And I think we'll be fine. And I think we're finally starting to see that with them. This is my Jay Crowder team. This is my, they're really good right now. Obviously they're top 10 in the, in the league in defense. Uh, they are number five in offense. Um, but you know, I still think they need a couple more dudes. So like, you know, when they play, if they play Milwaukee in that series, they're going to need a couple more physical people. Let's be real. Like you said, Ben Simmons is playing much better, but he is not a physical player. He should be, but he's not. So I played around with the numbers as I do, as one does. And according to the, According to the salary cap options they have, they could get Jay Crowder in a deal for Kessler Edwards and Patty Mills. And I would do that in a heartbeat if I were the Nets. Um, I think Jay Crowder would be awesome for them. I love me yeah. some Patty Mills, man. I did too. I did too. Um, and, you know, what are they going to do with him and Chris Paul? I don't know. But, you know, there's other options of salaries that are around there. But, you know, look, I've been honest about this for a long time. I hate the Nets. I don't. I don't like them at all. But they're really good, and everything's kind of clicking for them. And Durant's just playing, you know, always so special in the things he can do on a nightly basis. I did get a laugh at that uh, thing that was going around where he saw the kid had the uh, sorry MJKD is my goat sign, and he was like laughing yeah. at that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they're dangerous. I think we all know that. That New Orleans game's gonna be fun. They play at Miami in this road trip, and they play the Bulls. So you know. Yeah, the the one game I do want to see is um, they've beaten everybody in the standings um, that that I can think like recent except for the um, Sixers. So they play the Sixers towards the end of the month. I yeah. really like. I want to watch that game and kind of see how they do with big bodies out there. That's the ESPN. Um, but they've beat the Celtics, they beat the Cavs, and they've beat Milwaukee. So the Sixers are next in line, and I'm like, hey, if you can do that. 
you know, so that tells me that, hey, you can compete with the East. And maybe maybe even though you guys aren't sitting in first place, like you may be the top dog at this point. Yeah. If you're Kyrie Irving, you know, all this talk about these two wanting to break up and move on and go different places. I think you're probably looking to sign him back there next year. Um, what does this say about Steve Nash, though? Um, and I know there was a lot of turmoil that goes on, but like, look, these how these players are reacting to Jacques Vaughn versus how they reacted to Steve Nash. Or well, are they just going out and playing ball and Jacques Vaughn's just there calling timeouts when he feels like he needs to call a timeout? Let's go ahead and first picture we make point that Kevin Durant asked for Steve Nash and then asked for him to get fired. So that did happen. That, that did happen. You. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So let's not forget. Yeah. Everyone wants to like blame this Lakers Westbrook thing strictly on LeBron. And yes, he did ask for him. That did happen. So we got to make sure we're even in all of this. Um, but I think it says that maybe he just wasn't ready for a head coaching job in the NBA. You know, that's possible. Um, I think a lot of times, like everyone expects these legendary players to just be able to coach. And we go through this in college basketball all the time. Like Memphis and Georgetown are so bad consistently when they should be able to get really good players because of who their coaches are. Uh, Memphis had a really good team last year, actually. They didn't make the play, they made make the tournament, but and Georgetown had that one crazy run where they were last in the Big East in the regular season and, and won the won the conference tournament. But Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway, like Steve Nash, his first time, his first sample is on point with what those two have not been able to do. So it's hard. Coaching is really hard. Um, so I think Steve Nash is going to get another chance. I think someone's going to, but like, I would love to see him go to like a Pac 12 school, like, you know, go to Oregon State I, when they need a coach, go to something like that and take in, like, learn there and then see what you can do. Just go so, back to Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah, he could go back there. But but here's the thing. Like, I didn't hear – I mean, Steve Nash was so out of left field when they announced that he was going to be a coach. Like, was he just sitting at home and someone came to him and said, do you want to be a coach? I mean, maybe he doesn't want to coach again after that. Like, I wouldn't after that. It's like, dude, I've won two MVPs. I'm going to – you know, is he in the Hall of Fame yet? Or is he going to be in the – he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not already. You know – I, I just don't like, you know, maybe he just wants to enjoy retirement. I, I don't necessarily think the journey of basketball needs to continue for Steve Nash. And that's okay. You know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think like, you know, Magic Johnson had his chance to be a coach and it was awful. Yeah, it was know? bad. So, so it was also bad when he did the, everybody. It was also bad when he did the talk show. Yeah. I think <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> forgot the talk show. Was Sheila E. <laughs> for all the right reasons. Yes. Or would he just quit on the Lakers, you know, like just quipping their yeah, executives just like, dur during a press conference <laughs> and caught everybody off guard, including the owner. <laughs> because he wanted to be able to congratulate Russell Westbrook on a tweet. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, uh, I don't know if, yeah, I think like, I just think Steve Nash wasn't ready to coach. And look, when he was hired, Sean and I did a pod right after. It's in the, it's in the archives where we were like, this is great. This is going to be really good for them. It was not. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I forgot to put this in the conversation for the feed today. But talking about teams that we thought were going to be great and have not, uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks because holy mother of God, what a mess is going on there. Uh, this is a lot of re reports. So I will say this. Um, Shams had this report on Friday about Nate McMillan 
said he was considering resigning from the Hawks, and he came out and denied it. If Shams or Woj have their hands on a report, there is smoke there. These aren't guys that just make shit up to get clicks. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's probably some fable to it, but like, if they didn't believe this to be true, they wouldn't post it. Like, they they know like where their stance are is in the NBA and as far as like in the locker rooms. But you know, this Trey Young, Deontay Murray thing. Remember in the preseason, we were like, they're gonna be scary. This is gonna work. This oh, is gonna yeah. be awesome. Yeah, because uh, it looked great. Yeah, and it is not. Um, John Collins, like every year, it's like the Hawks are like, the Atlanta Hawks are shopping John Collins to other teams. It's like, we know, we know, we've heard this story a lot <laughs> for like, years, for years. Literally, I think like one year of his career, the year he was suspended, is the only year they weren't shopping him. Um, was he injured? Regardless, but you know, this is a team right now that. It's 17 and 19. They do have the nine spots. They are in the play in. They'd be playing the Bulls in the first game. Uh, but they have lost, you know, they've lost three in a row. They're losers of six of their last 10. Uh, Trey Young just doesn't look like Trey Young of the past. He'll have some moments, but I just, I don't know, man. Uh, what we're going to talk about next about like some blow up teams. I think this might be one of my big blow it up teams because I just don't think the Trey Young DeJounte Murray thing works. Clint Capella and John Collins. I don't know how they've like got through so long playing those guys in the court together because it's <laughs> a mess. Dude, I agree, man. They've been together way too long. Like, <laughs> so um makes you it makes you appreciate a guy like Kevin Herter. Doesn't even it? More, right? Oh yeah. We're oh, watching yeah. him out in in, in Sacktown. I mean, he's balling out right now. And now you realize, like, man, maybe he was kind of like the the glue to that team that kind of held them together, you know, kick kick out dish, you know, guy in the corner can hit shots. And, you know, he did a lot of things maybe we didn't see because the Hawks wasn't on TV all the time. But I'm starting to wonder if, if like, letting him go was a was a big deal. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the Kyle Korver of this team. Oh, that's so, a great comparison. Yeah, like, he was – Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Kyle Korver really was the glue of the the, the two thousand the, – the, late 2000s early 2010s team ended up making it to the eastern conference final like i i think he was the main glue of that team and when he ended up going to chicago and they ended up blowing all that up man it uh it that team looked different after him and i think it looks different without herder there i mean um like you said tim this is the the two big guys have been together for too long john collins has been attached to every single trade rumor for the last four years period. And I apologize if you heard my kittens in the other room. I think they have separation anxiety and they're crying. But anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but uh, like at this point, John Collins's long-term future is no longer in Atlanta. Okay. It's no longer in Atlanta. This is a team that is just bound in mediocrity right now. And we'll talk about more teams like that later, but you know, I don't, you know, there was rumors a couple days back, or maybe it was a week ago, that you know, you know, Trey Young could be the person who's on the move and everything. And I just, I don't see management unless Trey Young, Trey Young specifically asked to be traded. I just don't see them moving on from him uh, right now. Um, I'd see them moving literally anything else but him at the time period, including Nate McMillan. And like you said, Tim, 
when there's smoke, there's fire with those guys. And if Shams or Woj is coming out and they're saying, you know, anytime you hear a report that says a guy's going to resign, he ends up resigning. It's going, it's either he's going to get resigned or or, or he's going to resign or he's going to get fired. One of the two. Um, It's not working there. The relationship's not there. The Hawks have lost some bad games. They lost to the Lakers the other night. Um, and that's really saying something right now. Um, they also lost to the bulls about a week ago. Um, so, um, you know, but they've also played the Pacers. They played the nets, you know, um, you know, they got, they got beat down a couple weeks ago by, by the magic. So, you know, this is a team that is at a crossroads because we thought that they were at a certain point uh, a couple years ago, I feel like we thought that they were kind of like the next big thing. And you add a player like Murray, an actual point guard who can set up Trey young, um, you know, to be, you know, a shooter um, and it's not working out. And I don't know if that's because that's not what Trey young wants to do. Maybe he just wants to run the whole show. I, I don't know, but um, it's not working right now. And it's uh, it's things are going to happen very soon with the Atlanta Hawks. You got to know your 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 skill set on a team. I mean, we knew Trey Young coming out of college. I mean, the guy averaged what like eight assists in college, which is like an astronomical number in college. Um, and he was the leading scorer in the nation on top of averaging eight assists a game. So when you have the guy who's consistently has the ball in his hands, that's not going to change when you take him to the next level. So you can't bring another guy that's a that's a point guard to a team that's basically got a point guard and say, hey, we're going to run with two point guards. Both of you guys need the ball in your hand all the time, and you think that that's going to work. So I think I was looking at it as, as the perspective was like, Deontay Murray can move over a little bit and play the two, or maybe they're going to try to put Trey more at two where he could just score more and not have the ball as much. But it seems like maybe he, he can't do – all those other things without having the ball in his hands, which is where the struggle's coming. Um, you know, not, not that they're out on the court fighting each other, trying to get the ball from each other, but just having two ball-dominant guys, which is the same thing that we had with the Lakers when they had to take Westbrook and move him to the bench. Um, and you're not going to take De- Deontay Murray or Trey Young and put one of them on the bench. So maybe they nope. either got to tell one of them to say, hey, I need you to be off ball more and we have to figure this out or say, hey, we, this isn't going to work this year. We thought it would. We're going to have to trade one of you guys and blow it up. Well, that's the thing is um, we talked about Oklahoma when he was there his year in college. Uh, that team sucked. That team absolutely sucked. That was the only chance they had to win was Trey Young had to do it all. Um, and they almost beat – they almost won their one tournament game before they got eliminated. Um, but – yeah, it's like, you know, this is another team, too, where why they potentially could be a blowed-up candidate is all these picks that they owe San Antonio for getting DeJounte Murray, none of them this year. Uh, they still have their first-round pick for this season, and they have a couple second-rounders this year. But it's, you know, there's a lot of the mess there. Um, I don't know if they're still paying Clint Capella trade picks or not. I don't think they are, um, to be honest with you. But phew, Clint Capella got a lot of money from them. Yowza's. Um Tons. This is a, yeah, tons of money. Look, if we're well, this is what I'm learning right now in the league. If your big is not Joel Embiid, uh, Nikola Jokic, do not pay picks for them. 
it's just not working. It's like, look at the trend right now of like the last four years and look at every trade for a center. It's a, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. I mean, like, you know, it's just the Vucevic so it's just, trade. So just, just draft them and keep them forever. They don't even yes. be involved in any trades. <laughs> yes. If they don't want to sign back with you, if they don't want to sign back with you, that's fine. Live with it. Like, but other than that, <laughs> dude, this trend is not like it's the proof is in the pudding on this one. You, okay? you draft them, you keep them forever. That's it. That's the deal. Yeah. 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 Golden State might trade James Wiseman. He might go be like really good somewhere. And this could be like, we gave up picks for it. We got picks for him though. You know, I yep. don't know about this. So, yep. Stop uh, it, everybody. Yeah. Like this Miles Turner, this negotiation thing that's been going on about like him leaving Indiana. You want to pay picks for that guy? I don't know. He's really good, but is it going to be good for your team? <laughs> Big guys are, there's always a question mark if they're going to fit in anywhere. I, th- I feel like their position is, I, I feel like the the league has so many shooters now and everything. Big men are just kind of like, they've come at the wayside and they're just not <coughs> rooting <Okay>. up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect example. Perfect example. And we thought he was going to help. <laughs> And yeah. boy, didn't. Yeah, he's boy, helping, he not. He's clogging up the lane. That's what he's doing. <laughs> I will say, um, there is probably one exception in the like recent history to the rule. It's probably Jared Allen. I think he's been really good for Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. But other than him, but he's an adaptable, put on a hard hat, and I'll do whatever you need me to do kind of guy, though. Durant and Irving were like, get rid of him. We want DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I mean, and he was an all-star last year. I mean, he was so good. Like, and he's good. As we, you know, he's, yeah. As we all were like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, like, Sean and I a couple years ago did a 2012, like, a, a, a redraft of his draft class. So that's, like, uh, the Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum. And we took him in, like, the top five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were oh, like. absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a walking double-double, but not just a double-double, but like a meaningful one. Like, yeah. and he actually plays defense and actually does what's best for your team. Whereas, like, what, what were they thinking when they were going to get DeAndre Jordan back? Where, do you think they like, they were like, it's Lob City, baby. Like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> De- DeAndre City. Jordan is like a human cat. Like, he literally has nine lives. Like. <laughs> every team, like every team that has like veterans, is like we'll give him a shot. <laughs> like the Lakers got rid of him in the middle of the year, and Philly was like, we need someone to back up Embiid. Well, yeah. DeAndre DeAndre Jordan was one of those guys, though, that like he was. I think he was a second round draft pick. He he outplayed oh, yeah. his draft spot. You know, he was he was a hard hat guy for a little while too. So like, but when you're watched, it's over. <laughs> Especially if you're a big guy. Talking to you, Blake Griffin. Ooh boy, Blake Griffin. That's a name. Uh, no, hold on just a second. My like Apple Music just randomly came up on my computer. I don't even use it, so that was random. Um, all right, that was a fun conversation about the bigs. Actually, the Wendell Carter one just hurts because it was the right move at the time, and it just has not worked out. Um, well, you know, I always want to throw in Javel McGee because I never quite understand like what I don't see as a as a GM or a coach. Um. And you look at that guy's numbers like per 36 and he's averaging like 17 and 12. And you're like, I don't understand why he doesn't get on the court more. Yeah. He doesn't play much at all for Dallas. If at no, all, but, any. But, when, but when you look at the numbers, like, like I said, while he's in the game, like he gives you meaningful stats and then like you take him out. So I've never well, understood was, that one. 
Yeah, he was huge for the Bubble Lakers. Like he was ginormous for them. Um, yeah, it was fun. So uh actually real quick, uh so Josh, you know, we talked last week, we got to do a little we had our G League coverage last week, and you got to kind of get firsthand experience at one of those games, uh, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants hosting the Windy City Bulls. Not only was it just like you're one of our first times doing this, you actually got to have your first coverage game, which was pretty cool. Um, what did you kind of take away from your experience there as far as like seeing the talent level and how things go? Like, how, how did you like what you saw there? Well, first of all, um, shout out to the Mad Ants organization just for allowing us to come up and, and hang out with them and, and spend some time there. Um, I tell you what, man, um, I know Ben got to go up before I did. Um, he got to kind of hang out with the, uh, with them on Tuesday. I went up on Thursday and uh, watched them play the Windy City Bulls. Now um, for, for me trying to, all of us trying to grasp the G League, um, they just had a showcase tournament um, over the winter time, and they just reset and their and their season reset. So they were um, the Windy City was playing their first game, and the Mad Ants were playing their second game. Windy City came out of the tournament as the runner up, so um, pretty good basketball team. But um, what I noticed and what I saw um, at my time there on the court was that there is not much of a difference in drop off of talent from the G league to the NBA. Uh, there are definitely some guys on those G league rosters that can play some ball. Uh, they can shoot the lights out the gym. Um, super athletic. The game is fast. Uh, for the game I went to the Mad Ants put up 131 points. Um, Wendy city put up 121, and it was, it was back and forth. It was fast paced and, um, I was thoroughly impressed with just how smooth and efficient the game was. I thought it was going to be a lot more or a little more chaotic because it was a step down, maybe not as clean. Um, but it was everything that I could have dreamt of to go to a G League game. I mean, there were parts of the game that I thought may have been even a little bit more fun than the actual NBA games because these guys are, are really trying to fight for roster spots and they're out there giving it 110% every single play. Um, and it was just a lot of fun, man. Uh, and, and, the, and the last thing that I noticed was I got to interview a couple of the players um, afterwards and just kind of talk to them about their time in the G League and what it means. And super down-to-earth, humble guys, man. Really, really, really just to have their head down working, trying to make it up to that next level is what that's, that's, that's what I got out of it. I was muted. I apologize. All right. Yeah, I thought um, I thought your coverage was great. I thought all three of you, between you, Ben, and uh, Neil Meyer, who's been helping us out from front office news going up to Cleveland. By the way, the Charge did the uh, Space Jam night. Those Toon Squad jerseys they wore were cool as hell. Yeah, they were. Um, they, were. they were. They were neat. So I don't know if anyone remembers like the Michael Jordan figures that Hasbro made from the Space Jam set. They wore the blue Toon Squad jerseys and those figures. So that's what they wore in the game. And they gave out like they actually gave out a Toon Squad jersey to the first a thousand fans at the game. So I was like, they're getting all in. And then I went on eBay to see if I could find one of those Toon Squad jerseys. Haven't had any luck yet, but it's in my save searches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the thing the relationship we're building with the G League has been really cool. Um, I think the Mad Ants and the Charge were both really really appreciative of what we did. Uh, obviously, have talked to us about maybe next steps as far as being there a little more and stuff like that. So. 
That's really awesome. I thank you so much for doing that, dude. We got like a lot of opportunities. We're going to get up there and we're going to try to do a little bit more to keep people in the loop of what's going on at the G league level, just so we like people understand, like some of these guys are pretty close to being NBA players. Um, like you said, so it'll be a lot of fun. Well, um, and to, and to piggyback on that, just real quick, if whoever's listening or watching, if you get a chance to go to a G league game, like don't take it as you're going to watch the Harlem Globetrotters play the Washington generals, or, you know, yeah. you're going to watch like some like semi professional league basketball game. Like these guys are the real deal. Um, they, they, there are a couple guys on the floor that were a little bit better than others, and you could kind of tell, like, man, this guy should be playing in the NBA right now. Traveling uh, queen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so good. Um, definitely. But um, the other – you know what? You you were talking about the the um, the L, the last two-minute report. I, I, t- I will tell you sitting I, – I sat front row court side, you know, at, at half court just to kind of – I wanted to see the speed of the game up close. I wanted to kind of feel what was going on and – I'll tell you what, after watching that, man, I don't know. I don't know if I know what's a foul and what's not a foul anymore because those guys were like crazy physical with each other. And the stuff that wasn't getting called, um, I was just like, wow. So it, it probably looks different on TV than what you see up close. I mean, they probably, in my opinion, could have called about 30 or 40 more fouls in that game. Easy that they did not. Um hmm. The so for all of us who are saying like the the NBA and like basketball is not physical, and, and come come sit real up close and watch a game. I was like, you'll you'll change your perception of that real fast. Yeah, I uh, I got to make it up there. Hopefully, I can before the end of the season. Um, worst case, I'll do it next year. But all right, it's time for this week's full court heave, where we have our big hot button topic discussion. Um, to kind of get all you people riled up, obviously, is the goal here. Uh, like our first one when all the Brooklyn Nets fans got really mad at us. We um, love riling people up. Yeah. It's our bread, it's our bread and butter. <laughs> Folks, we are now just 12, two weeks away from everyone in the league, except for certain players like Cat and LeBron are eligible to be traded. We're here to talk about the teams that it's time to blow it up. Time to move on, cut your losses and move forward and try to do what's best for your franchise. So we're going to talk about our best blow it up to our teams. We've already talked quite a bit about the bulls this season. I'm sure they'll come up, but Josh mentioned earlier, Rudy Gobert. So I'm going to say for me, Minnesota, it's time. It's time. Um, D'Angelo Russell is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. So you don't want to get nothing for him. If you can move him somewhere, even if they're half a year to like Miami or something, do it. Um, Cat, you can't trade this year, but you can trade in the off season. I think we have enough tape to know that this whole Rudy Gobert cat thing is not a good idea. Um, where this is a team that probably needs to just figure out what's best for Anthony Edwards. And that's probably where they need to stick to it. Uh, I think cat's been there long enough. I think cat's a guy who could be like a third person on a championship team who could really help them get over the hump. So I'm going Minnesota for my first one. I like it, man. I like it. I am completely on board with that team blowing everything. The everything you said there was perfect. Like let's let Minnesota just needs to make this uh, Anthony's Anthony's team because he is the best player. Anthony Edwards is the best player on this squad right now. D'Angelo Russell, I, what kind of I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get. 
next year. If someone trades for him, do they re-sign him? I don't know what he is anymore because we're, you know, four years removed from him being in Brooklyn or five years removed from him being having that one like dream season in Brooklyn. And Kat, the fact that you said that he was a, he might be the third best player on a championship team. Thank you. Thank you. That was ballsy. I like that. And it's true. Uh, We got to, I think we have to stop treating him like he's some crazy superstar. He has not moved the needle at all in Minnesota at all and then we put rudy gobert so it's like okay cat we got somebody who's going to do the dirty work for you it's going to take up space is going to rebound the ball that guess what still doesn't work also rudy gobert is (laughs) irrelevant (laughs) just irrelevant and um i know i think he came out the other day someone was talking to him and he said NBA GMs know yeah. my value. What I'm, what I'm, which is hilarious to me because it's like, it's like literally like every, was it like he's, he's been on what two all star teams, one all star team? Uh, he was the two. last pick. Last the, uh, pick. He was the yeah. last pick. Yeah. And it's, and, and that is not surprising at all to me because I just don't, he just doesn't seem like someone that anyone wants to play with. So, uh, you know, I'm with you on that one, Tim. I think that the Timberwolves are are a total blow it up team. Keep one guy, but the problem is the Timberwolves are always a blow it up team, man. Like <laughs> they right. just, like they are they are so sad. They are such a sad franchise. They've never been close except for that one time, uh, 2004 Western Conference Finals. I think that was it. So uh, go, yeah. Blow it completely up, man. They got they do have some players people would want, so go for it. Get some picks. Yeah. Who else is one they would suggest? Go for it, Josh. Um, I have a couple, and mine are going to be a little up, little higher up on the list of some teams that are kind of competing right now. Um, so my my first team. And this is this is going to bank on a lot that happens this year, but the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I like Ooh, it. I'm excited for this. Look, they've not done anything, absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like we have Dame Dollar, and that's all we need, right? And they're Wrong. like. We, we can win with this guy. And they can't get even remotely close to almost sniffing what a championship looks like. So you get a guy like Dame who we're talking who could arguably we could we could say maybe the you know a top two or three shooter in the league, right? Um when healthy. You know, you definitely could put him in the upper echelon of players. But when they got rid of McCullum, I think that should have been the red flag for everybody to be like, hey, man, um, we thought it was these two guys right here that was going to make us or break us. And we just sent one of them on his way because we were going to put all of our trust in Dame. And we got some um, we got some guys around him that we think are going to be all right. Um, But we were completely wrong about that. and. we're we're trending right now in the eighth spot, but they just need to let him go, man. They need to let him go. 
some of the older guys they got on the team, like Nurchik and and um, some of these guys that are making high dollar. Like they they went and got Grant, and they thought Grant was there. They paid Simmons a good amount of money. Like they're the the year they thought they were going to do something. I mean, they got to the Western Conference Finals and just got hammered. Yeah. I mean, they got swept, and it wasn't even a gentleman's sweep. They were just like four love, we're out. Like let's go to the finals. Um, so yeah, that team's got to go, man. They they need to they need to get rid of of Dame. And they need to see what they can get for him. I feel like getting rid of Dame alone is blowing the team up. And yeah, maybe keep everybody else. See what you can get for Dame. Send him somewhere where he has a chance to win. See what you get in return and just start from scratch. I'm all for like they keep uh Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp and just be like, you guys oh, yeah, are, absolutely you guys get you the guys... ball. You guys go do whatever you want. Like have fun. Have fun. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. So their pick oh, yes. this Simons year, is only 23. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he's having his best year of his career for sure. I love I love Simons, although he was the most boring dunk contest winner since Fred Jones. <laughs> but uh no lie. So their draft pick actually looks like it's it it's it's top 14 protected. Mm-hmm. Um but it's supposed to go to Chicago this year. Yeah. So um so they don't you know I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna drop out right now. It's it's time to go right now if they're gonna if they're gonna go for it because they are right now I think in the eighth seed in the West. That's what I'm saying. So, Just chalk it up. Yeah. At least the Spurs yeah. did that. At least the Spurs were like, "Hey man, we're done. we're out." Yeah, that well, pick yeah. was for Larry Nance Jr. in the Lori Marketing three way trade. Yeah, um, mind you. Yeah. Well, it seems like forever ago. Yeah. You said you had another one too, Josh? Oh, I, I was just going with that one for right now. I wanted to hear oh. what Sean had. Okay. Okay. So, um, obviously, I, I we'll talk about Chicago. You know, I want to talk about them. But the Washington Wizards are, are my, my pick. <laughs> this is a – although they're, I, I don't want to see Victor going to Washington. No, like I just, I just don't think they deserve anything. Like this is one of those teams that, like, no, I'm serious. Like, I agree, I like, agree. Like, like the Pelicans were like a new franchise. They got Zion. They got awarded. You know, when you're a newer franchise, I feel like you sometimes you're gifted something. The Orlando Magic with Shaq. You know, um, every once in a blue moon, you are gifted, um, you know, a, a great player. You know, and you know, just sucking year after year and when not sucking just being downright mediocre does not it just doesn't feel like they should be rewarded for it but uh the washington wizards are definitely my team to completely blow it up uh bradley beal has been there too long um he is uh you know i know we were kind of talking about this earlier tim i i think he's kind of a bad team good stats guy at this point in his career i don't know why you know i mean I mean, I know why he's still there. He's there for the money, but <laughs> I don't know what his value is in the rest of the league right now. I mean, I don't know what you would trade. I don't know how much better your team becomes with this. Is this a guy that the Dallas Mavericks look at? Absolutely. Do they have enough? Do they have some assets to throw at them? You know, it's like, you know, do you give them Bertans back? You know, and some some future draft picks. Do you do you throw in Tim Hart? I mean, I don't know what Bradley Beal is worth out there 
right now in the uh, in the in the trade sphere. But he is he is awful. I mean, in this team, I mean, when you look at the rest of uh, of their roster right now, I mean, there is you know Kyle Kuzma probably has the most trade value right now on this team, honestly. And he's mainly because he's already said like, don't I'm not signing back here. Like he's already yeah. said like I'm gonna be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. So, so, and you know, and Kuzma's won a chip. He's won a mm-hmm. chip. Um, I really loved Kuzma the first couple years he was in the league. Uh, cause he, he played much higher than his draft, uh, spot. He was just, he was just a really kind of hardworking guy. And I think that's why he ended up sticking around on the Lakers for as long as he did. Um, but he's a guy, uh, you need to get rid of right now. Like he, he has value. Um, I think he helps some teams. Um, you know, that's, he's, he's one of those dudes Porzingis, I, I wouldn't touch him with anything right now. So I don't know how you get rid of Porzingis right now. Um, I don't know who stays here though. You know, does, does Hachimura stay, you know, do, you know, do you hold on to Denny? You know, there's just like nothing about this team that is super duper appealing, uh, except for, you know, like I said, Kyle Kuzma, he's, he's the guy that I would want to go ahead and get rid of right now uh because he's he's got some trade value someone's gonna want him i don't know where he fits anywhere really i can't think of a team give me a the team knicks. tim the knicks i love okay. i love kuzma on the knicks as a space as a kuzma space on the knicks. well see that might that might be something because they're talking about maybe getting rid of Obi Toppin and maybe trading him down to i think indy right now and he's been attached to some trade rumors for indy so i like that uh the knicks are another team that's kind of at a crossroads but at least they're doing something where is the Wizards or not? But get rid of it. Um, looking at their, um, let's see here. Let's see how many draft picks they have right now. So um, let's see. I will, I will say this while you're doing that. Yep. They could get a lot for Daniel Gafford. Like Daniel Gafford. Yeah. Really yeah. Good player. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely a guy that, um, that has some value as well. So, um, so, they own their pick this year if it's top 14. If not, it looks like it goes to the New York Knicks. Um, so, you know, if, you know, this is this is going to be the same with pretty much any team that we talk about at this level right now. The most valuable draft asset of the last 25 years is up for grabs right now. And he is worth more than any other player that you have on your roster right now. He's worth more than Bradley Beal. He's worth more than uh, Damian Lillard right now. I mean, which is crazy to think. He's worth more than than DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Guys, let if you're mediocre right now, what do you have to lose? What I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't understand teams want to be in the play-in game this year it's and we talked about this at the beginning of the season tim we talked about this what would you rather do win the title this year or win the nba draft and we both kind of agreed that it would be more exciting to win the nba draft this year than actually win the title which is dumb it's really dumb but it's kind of true this year and if you're mediocre you have nothing to lose right now so just so to Go further on your on your point on the Wizards, um, so this is what their situation looks like for draft picks right now. They are owed a pick from Detroit, um, but it's 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 top, it's top eighteen protected. Okay. Um, they're owed a pick from the Wizards. I mean, they are the Wizards, duh. 
but they have that pick as protected one through 14. Like we owe ourselves. And then they have a pick from Dallas. That's top 10 protected. Um, and then they've got the Minnesota pick that's un- it's unprotected right now. That's the Knicks, I should say. So that Knicks thing gets really interesting. Uh, like you mentioned um, from the wizards. So this is kind of like the, the crossroads for them, for sure. Um, we talked about like, I don't, I don't think of Bradley Beal as high as I once did. Like his no. ceiling has been third team all NBA once, which look, all NBA is all NBA. That's great. But you know, this is a guy who hasn't played outside of round two. Um, you know, ever, ever. So ever. it's like, you know, maybe you're Miami and you say like, look, we're done with Kyle Lowry. Take, we'll take his contract the rest of the year. If you give us Bradley Beal, and we see if we can make this thing work with Jimmy. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea, but it's been yeah. talked about on the internet. So I'm just going to go and do this. Uncle Sam, we don't want you to do this. That's um, that's, that's almost like a move that the Lakers would do. If LeBron was running buddy, the team, I have already played the idea that you can do Westbrook for Daniel Gaffin and Bradley Beal and laugh my ass off that it works. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, but I, that doesn't help the Lakers either. And they're and. You know, uh, if if we're talking about blow it up teams right now, we're talking about no. blow it up teams. The Lakers' biggest issue is Anthony Davis. The the Lakers' biggest fixture is Anthony Davis. It's it is yeah. it is, and get and and he's hurt again. Yeah, so. I am shocked. I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my other blow it up team, Toronto. Bro, I promise you, that's who I was gonna say. Dude, yeah, yeah. It is like Scotty Barnes taking this step down this year from last year when he was like the only guy who could touch Evan Mobley for rookie of the year and beat him for it. Yeah. Um, Pascal Siakam's obviously tremendous. He's incredible. But this is a team right now who is on the outside looking in when it comes to the play in. Um, they have they have two pick. They have, the, you know, they have their two picks for this year. They don't have any situation where it's like they owe this guy a pick or they owe that guy a pick or that someone owes them a pick. Um, and. The roster is just kind of goofy. Fred Van Vliet just having this drop off. Scotty Barnes having this drop off. Um, you know, you look at like their veterans. They, they definitely have talent that people would love to have on their team. I just think that whatever they had to do to win the 2019 title, they've paid for it ever since. Whatever voodoo magic that happened there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a thousand percent worth it every time. But. Yeah. They're never gonna. They're never gonna be a team that players are gonna be like. I want to go to Toronto and play. Yeah, so the one they, time they did they, was when they had Vince Carter and they traded Vince Carter. Yeah, yeah. And looking at looking at Scotty Barnes, man. So so you're saying blow it up in Toronto, which I totally understand. Are you saying get rid of Pascal Siakam? Or are you saying getting rid of Scotty Barnes in the way that like the Philadelphia 76ers were like by Rue Holiday, like right after he wins Rookie of the Year? That is a good question. Um, let's see. So Precious Achua has been hurt all year. Obviously that doesn't help them. Um, OG is a guy I would a thousand percent be shopping. I would just like, Oh, he's, he's gone at the trade deadline. Yeah. Like, I would tell I, everyone, I am, I, send me your is, best OG in an OB offer. He, he is, he is just like John Collins. <laughs> like he's John Collins of North. Like, yeah, he's another one. He's attached to everything. But also, I think there's a lot of smoke behind his name because everyone's like, oh, everybody wants him. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it sucks a, too, man. That roster. rebound guy, you know. That roster yeah. reads well. It does. It does. I mean, you look at like the auto porters, 
the the uh Thad Youngs. Like they're really good veteran players to have on your team. Um but you know, Gary Trent, I would like open listen to things for him, Fred Van Vliet. Um Pascal would be really, really interesting to see where he'd be traded to. Like there's so many teams like I think 29 teams could have a Pascal Siakam and be better, uh, depending on what they trade, obviously. But um, would would you say that out of all of these teams that we've been talking about, he's the most valuable player on all of them? Of uh, the teams yeah. we've talked about so far, yes. Okay. Easy. Okay. Easy. Okay. So, and he is a big man, but he's kind of he's a stretch big man. So, yeah. What? From my point earlier. Yeah. What does? Uh, <laughs> What does uh what does the team give up for Pascal Siakam? Obviously, you're including a draft pick for something somebody like him. I'm gonna go a little right field here. Oh, oh. So because you're, no, about- you're like, no, I'm gonna be breaking my own rule if I say that. I was trying to I was trying to get you on that one. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, trade one for him, and you didn't bite, and I love it. <laughs> so I'm always like on the for the trade the guys who should trade for teams that are gonna win right away. I'm kind of looking at the future, and I'm looking at. If I'm the Orlando Magic and I can get Pascal Siakam to put with Paolo to put with all those young guards and it was just like, you know, you know, Terrence Ross is probably ready to move on. I'm sure, you know, that's probably a conversation you can have with him to say like, hey, like we have this opportunity. Pascal Siakam and Paolo can be your future three and four. You have okay. to have good threes and fours to win in the NBA now. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. I just I don't know, man. I feel like. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's going to be big enough for both of those guys. Those guys are both great. Like Palo's already a really good NBA player. Like I, I love watching highlights. I of think him, he's so. already one of my top 10 most fun players to watch. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. So, so in a situation like that, you're saying we're probably getting rid of Franz Wagner. Yeah. For this. You probably so you got to get, okay. That's a great prospect actually to get <laughs> do on Toronto side like that. Yeah. That is, that is a great prospect for them to get. But I also think you might need to put in maybe Wendell Carter. Which I think you do. I think you do. And then maybe like a second round. I think that's actually a really good package. I think I think you figured it out right there, Tim. That was perfect. That was I a perfect I, one. I think at this point we know enough about ball ball. And you're obviously always going to be worried about foot problems. <laughs> you know, he could be a starting I- center. Bro, he is a point center. All right. Like, all right. I know, I know. I just, I love your enthusiasm for Bull Bull right now. I, I love Bull Bull too, but like, you're just like, you're like, no, 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 he's the best. So yeah, just let's, let's just get rid of Wendell. Let's throw it out. We got our point center now. Do you Bull think Bull. the Celtics could make a move for Pascal Siakam? Like a Marcus uh, Smart kind of thing, maybe? I, I would not touch anything right now in Boston, Tim. Like, I mean, they got the number yeah. one record. I, I, don't, I don't think you mess with that That's true. right now. But I was trying to think of like winning teams. Like, what about? But Denver? what you can do is start. We start this pod and end this pod with Pascal Siakam going to Dallas. Oh, that's a good. Oh, one. yeah, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that Dallas already tried to make a run at him last year. I think yeah, every team's I, made a run once at him. Yeah, um, I'm. I, I think he fits what they do. He does, absolutely. And He's that's, perfect. What do you What do you give up for him? What go for it, Tim? Go I love Dallas. I absolutely love Dallas. I think that's a really good fit. I just thought about the Pacers getting Pascal Siakam, and I love everything about it. I love I love that they got the assets. I got the Pacers are rebuilding though. 
Are they? <laughs> they're the <laughs> they're Pacers. Re- they're they tell us this every year. They tell us rebuilding like, every year, man. They tell us like, yeah, we're gonna rebuild, and then they luck into some guy in the draft who ends up being way better than everyone thought he was, and they are like, all right, cool, like we'll just go beat the Clippers. And you you, you gotta gotta give up Ben Matherin or something if you're if you're trading for Siakam. I think the I think the Buddy Heel Miles Turner deal could work there. I wouldn't trade Siakam for those two. Uh-uh. If I'm Toronto, nah. This is about blowing it up, Sean. Okay, well, we can we can blow it up just to blow it up. I just I just don't see Toronto taking that deal. Like, but it like, it, it, like it's perfect. It's done. Financially, success. Okay, okay, success, success. You've done it. You've done it. Yeah. But you know they got they got a wanna be all star in Halliburton there over there with um... <laughs> wanna be all star. <laughs> Man, he rules. <laughs> that bum hasn't won anything. <laughs> Coming from Miami Redhawk legend Wally Zerbiak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's half the teams in the NBA w- would bite at the chomps for Passy Alciakum, man. I mean I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. He's turned into quite the 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 player. Um and for those of you who don't know, um he was he is a um what I would like to call a G League legend. Yes, he is. Was the uh, was it the Raptors nine oh five right? Yeah, the the alum he's an alumni. They were like the best ever at like bringing up guys from their G League team that they could just plug in and be successful in the NBA. Um, they were like the best at that forever. Do we want to get into the Bulls quickly? All right. So Bulls, this one's Bulls need to blow it up. <laughs> yeah. If you can get anything for Vooch at this point, that's beneficial. Anything at all, you do it. Just, uh, just at like, like, yeah. And you, you got to get rid of him this year. He's gone. He's yeah, gone. Has and, to, if, has to. and I, and I will not be able to contain my anger as a fan for not just only the Chicago bulls, but for the NBA, if they do not move him by the trade deadline, because, you know, and if you're holding on, you're just holding on for some sort of weird grudge just to be like, we didn't lose the trade to Orlando. You did. Right. You did. But you know, I, but at the time, absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. trading Wendell Carter every time because he was not bringing anything to the table and I was completely Agreed. off on him. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm still not a huge Wendell Carter fan. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, but Wendell to Toronto heard it here first. Um, but uh, yeah, DeRosa needs to go. Um, he's too good. He's too valuable someplace else. He's, you know, going to be getting into the twilight years of his career here soon. I don't even know if he keeps Zach Levine. I am this Lonzo ball signing. Everything that they have done has not worked. Like they put all their chips in and they have failed so spectacularly that it's just, I, I, I don't you know guys, where we go from there. You guys remember our face when we found out that that was happening, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. We like went out here and did a pod and we were like, it's going to be great guys. It's going to be great. It's happening. It's going to be great when you get a point guard who can't walk upstairs for two years. It's going to be (laughs) awesome. It's going to be really good when he can come there and his dad can be there and um, it'll just be great. And then like for two weeks, maybe three weeks, you put him and and Alex Caruso together and they look like possibly like the greatest defensive backcourt ever. And you're like, oh my God, the things we're going to do, but they don't. Like, man, I remember the night. I remember the night they were playing, and and um, 
they got on the ground for that loose ball and he threw that bounce pass yeah. off the ground. And I was like, I'm like, we're going to have showtime in, in Chicago. Like, this I is mean, fantastic. We were that, like texting each other, crying, like, this is finally happening. They, 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 they put together a team that a lot of teams would like to have put together. And yeah, for sure. And it just hasn't worked out. So Vooch has got to go by Vooch. I mean, he was getting absolutely cooked by uh, the Houston Rockets center the other day. Just absolutely cooked. He was Shangun. Shangun. He put up like 27 points on him and he was just like running around him. They couldn't guard pick and roll or anything on him. I mean, he looked so, so bad in that Rockets game last week. So they're, they're a team that is that is completely at the crossroads and their most valuable asset is a pick that they will probably not be able to keep unless they get a little bit of luck and you get a top three pick out of it. I mean, obviously you want the number one, but even if you got a top three, man, it would be worth it to get, it would be admitting defeat, which you can do and moving on, which I, I just, I cannot stand, I cannot stand just being middle of the pack, winning four games, losing two games, beating good teams, losing to bad teams over and over and over again. The cycle never ends and I'm so sick of it. And I would rather be terrible than be mediocre at this point because at least you get draft picks then. Yeah. You say like getting a top three pick, like if you get the third pick, you get Ahmed Thompson from the overtime elite league. And I don't know if you guys have watched Ahmed Thompson play basketball, but if you go after, after this show, if you go on YouTube and watch Ahmed Thompson, you will be blown away by how good he is. So if the bulls get Ahmed Thompson, I'm all in. You're all but, in. <laughs> Obviously but, he's not he's not the grand prize, but but he's not even the second grand prize, but he's he not even the great, second. He is a great prize to get at three. Well, I don't even know who he is yet, Tim, and I'm already more excited than I am about the future of this crappy also Patrick Williams, get him out of here. I'm done. I am done. He's actually doing pretty well for well. No, 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 no. He's Tim. The, the way that they valued him when they brought him – his they picked him so high. He's not done anything, okay? Kobe White, another guy. Just get rid of everything. Just throw them all out. It's fine. Trade away. Get some draft picks. Totally bottom out. Build from the draft or something. Maybe keep Levine to be that good stats, bad team guy. Maybe just keep well, him to do that. That contract is going to make him that guy because I don't think a lot of teams are going to be willing to take that contract. So. Yeah. 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 The only the only thing that I feel that the Bulls can do, which I don't think anybody's willing to do, is give up next year's draft pick, which would be a lottery pick for DeRozan and how many ever other draft picks they'd have to give up. Or is the same thing for Zach Levine with a chance to get Victor. And if that don't happen, like I don't know what you what you would what you're willing to give up for either of those two guys. Because our pick next year is gone, right? Like we I want to say we, we our picks going to somebody else. Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. So right now, Orlando has the Bulls pick. If it's but it's top four protected, meaning if the Bulls pick in the top four, they get to keep the pick. Five on, it goes to Orlando. So good on Orlando, Jesus. Yeah, talk about robbery. So that's so that's the only way that 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 would make sense to to try to trade away to get some picks. Yeah, they have Portland's pick. 
if, like Sean said earlier, if it's not in the lottery. Um, so, some yay. weird rule trading picks in basketball, man. So it's it's like that. I use this all the time. It's the gift and the hangover when Alan is like watching the like counting cards and you see all those equations going around his head. That is like keeping up with draft picks and all the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean mentioned earlier, talking about the Indians blowing up the Lakers. We all knew that already. There's nothing yeah. they can do about it. So speaking of the Lakers real quick, I've, I, I, I was reading somewhere that um, apparently Austin Reeves is going to be in, in pursuit of a contract higher of what than Alex Caruso got. So well, he'll they be got, for another team. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they also, the Bulls got Caruso, I feel like a little bit cheap. Yes, so, they did. They got Caruso. The Lakers, but the Lakers didn't even offer him that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And he was, he was wanting to stay in LA too. And he was like, he was like baffled that they didn't offer him anything, you know, and, and what he could have given that team. But I think if, if this Lakers team, I mean, LeBron boxed himself in by making himself not tradable until the summer. But I, I really do think if they're, if they're in bad shape by the end of the year, which it all signs points that they are, he, he might actually request a trade and get off there. They may work something out. Cause I said LeBron team, back to Miami. Let's do it. I, I'd be down. Man. I'd be down. Man. I'd be down. Even though I'd your take down. has always been go back to Cleveland. Yeah. I just feel like the Cleveland's moved on with what they've been able to put together. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anybody that they have right now. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely not. Actually, I wouldn't trade anybody for him. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love what they're doing in Cleveland. Just let it go, man. Yeah. When people are like, well, Danny Ainge obviously won the trade because the Jazz are in playoff contention. Like, have you guys seen that Donovan Mitchell's an MVP candidate this year? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, He's perfect. It was a, it was a perfect place for him to go. So like yeah. Jamie Bickerstaff was like, you know, here you have to play defense, ah. right? And he's like, I'll be the best defender that you guys have as a, as a guard. And he has been. So, yeah, but you know, most Utah yep. fans are like, I don't get it. Like we traded away Rudy and we traded away Donovan yet. We're still in the playoffs. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like I went to like three games last year and like, they were pretty good. So what, what happened? What's changed? All right, guys. Well, we went on here for a little while just talking about all this stuff and this is a lot of fun to do on a Sunday night. So thank you guys all for tuning in. I hope you guys had an awesome new year. And of course, if you're watching this, whether it's live or on the rerun on YouTube, thanks for watching. Please take a couple seconds to subscribe to our channel. Um, please, whatever podcast app you are using, whether it's Spotify or Apple, please go take a second to get a solid five-star review. That goes a long way for us against the uh, algae rhythm. And of course, if you want to support the brand, go to 48minutesnetwork.merchmake.com and buy some gear. It uh, really helps us out a long way there as well. So thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back to our regular time next week. Happy New Year, and we'll talk soon.